It is the 200 level episode 199. Mike Carpenter here on a Thursday early afternoon during my lunch break and a gloomy Thursday in Champaign-Urbana. And one of those weeks as an Illini fan that there's been some nuggets here and there and we're going to address those. But for the most part, we're kind of in a holding pattern with the roster for next year's basketball team. Though we did get some good news about the 2022 class and we're starting to maybe see a template that Brad Underwood and the staff are going with for the future. So there's some encouraging news. There's some discouraging lack of news that we'll get into with the basketball program. And then there's a little tidbit from football that as I broach it, it'll be construed as political, though it is not <laughs> at all, but it will be construed by some as being political. We'll get into that towards the end of the show. And it's troubling it's frustrating but at the same time not at all surprising and this is a sports-wide problem what i'm referring to is the vaccine hesitancy and we'll we'll touch on that at the end so if, hey if you want to tap out after the alani basketball thing you're welcome to do so but just something that was sticking in my craw as the kids say actually the kids don't say that at all um alani basketball i was thinking about this today as we sit here on April 8th, a month ago would have been Monday, March 8th. And that was two days after we won at Ohio State and we were getting ready for the Big Ten tournament. And it's remarkable the difference a month makes. Now, we've talked about this before over the last couple of weeks, how jarring the exit was for this team. And I don't think any of us anticipated it being that quick and that unfulfilling. But here is why, and maybe again, it's the weather as I look outside on a gloomy Thursday and it's kind of influencing my mood, but it is such a far cry from that sort of top of the world feeling that we had a month ago to now where if I'm being honest, I have a little bit of that John Gross era, oh boy, going on in the pit of my stomach, which may be totally unfair because I think long-term 2022 and beyond, the staff knows what it's doing. But I do think they were thrown for a loop here and what happened the last couple of weeks. I don't think they anticipated this kind of attrition from the roster. And certainly as fans, we didn't either. Back on March 8th, we're talking about, well, let's go win the Big Ten tournament. I mean, think how quaint it was. A month ago, we were talking about, hey, we should get a share of the regular season Big Ten crown. That was what was on the top of our mind. We just went 16-4 and four in the Big Ten, and then we would ultimately in 19-4 and four against Big Ten teams. Top of the world, recruiting will take care of itself. And if you think about it, Illinois was the sexy team in the nation for about a month. We were the sexy team. We were the it team. And now here we are without really a roster to speak of. And meanwhile, you look at the likes of an Indiana and Mike Woodson. He's keeping most of their guys, except Armand Franklin. We'll get to that. Another potential miss for the staff. But it's, it's just insane to me how we were top of the world, feeling great, puffing out our chest. And now, this is that all-too-familiar feeling of kind of in limbo and not really sure what next year's roster is going to look like. Now, the good news, of course, is that there is plenty of time. There is. And there will be names popping up that we haven't even thought of. And maybe this will be one of those good things come to those who wait situations. But you're also starting to see, okay, this guy's going here. For example, Namari Burnett, today he's going to announce for a school not named Illinois. After a month ago, it seemed all but certain that he was going to come here based on the whispers and rumors around that. You look at Armand Franklin, and it seems like that may have cooled a little bit. And that's a little bit frustrating because you are literally selling a starting shooting guard position. 
And if that's not enough to bring him in, then, well, I don't know what is. And he got names out there like a Ty Ty Washington, and I think that's the big one. If you get him, we're fine. But it seems like we continue to lower that bar a little bit in terms of what will make us feel okay with next year's roster. The names like Ty Ty Washington and Amari Burnett, those were there when we were still assuming that Adam Miller was coming back. Maybe DeMonte or Trent would join them, and Kofi, hey, sell them on the image and likeness thing, and then all of a sudden, whoa, we got a squad. We can be a top 15 team next year. Well, we need to hit the brakes on that. And I know we aren't the only Power 5 team in that position. Not by any stretch. But find me another Power 5 team that has had this much attrition after having had so much success. And that's the weird thing. If this were happening at Minnesota, which it did, right? Liam Robbins and Marcus Card, they're leaving. Well, that makes sense, right? They're going to the transfer portal, new coach, no reason for them to stick around. But here we are, a mix of Io going pro, Kofi potentially going pro, Adam Miller going the transfer portal, no one wanting to be a super senior, and now you look at a depleted roster that needs to be filled, and time, while not of the essence, eventually will become of the essence, and you'll just have to get dudes, and hopefully good ones. But what you don't want to happen is to lose any and all momentum that you build up this year. And I would love to see this coaching staff strike while the iron is hot. But the alternative is that we aren't going to see the benefits of this season until a year or two from now. And am I okay with that? Sure. I mean, that, that's a possibility. And we see other schools have that early taste of success, take a bit of a drop off, and then three, four years down the road, then they really are reaping the rewards from their first big moment, right? But that's why losing as early as you did, it wasn't just that game. It was the the incredible sense that we all felt going into mid-March, and it just evaporated. And my fear is that that has trickled into the overall perception by recruits and those in the transfer portal of this Illinois program. Imagine you're player A. You're in the transfer portal. You're looking at five, six different Power 5 schools. You know that name Illinois because of what they did this year. And you know that they're a pretty good program, or at least you would assume so, right? And then you look at the roster and you're getting sold. Well, here's what we got coming back next year. We got Andre Curbelo, sixth man of the year in the Big Ten. All right, that sounds good. Who else? Well, uh, Jacob Grandison started the four. Okay, well, we can go with that. Who else? Uh, Coleman Hawkins, freshman, about four or five minutes a game. Oh, that Kofi guy? Oh, we don't know yet. It's not the easiest sales job. And I didn't think they'd run into the situation. We're trying to sell this program after what they just did would be difficult, but it seems like they may, in fact, be finding themselves in that position. The good news, though, before we hit the sponsors, they do seem to have the MO for 2022 and beyond. They seem to know what kind of guys they're targeting. And there are two three stars that they got, Reggie Bass, or Reggie Bass, excuse me. Is it Bass or Bass? Let's go Reggie Bass. And then you also have AJ Store, who was the commit yesterday. Two six five shooting guards slash wings that can fill it up that are probably going to get bigger before they get to college. And he got them locked up. He got some athleticism. And as we saw in the Baylor game and the Baylor Gonzaga game, athleticism is what matters the most. Something that you could argue Illinois was missing this year. Um, best of both worlds, having your cake and eating eating it too would be not having that dip after what we saw this year. And if you want to avoid a major dip from what this team accomplished in the next year or two, you got to get some dudes. 
So those are the, what, parallel tracks, as Paul Kowalczyk would say. Right now, who the hell is going to be on the team? Next year, oh, okay, you're starting to get some pieces. And we'll see how it all shakes out. Plenty to talk about today uh, on this episode, the 200 level. Before we get too far into it, got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. You can use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. dpdoe.com for their full menu and all the best deals and prices at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. We're getting into warmer weather. Get some t-shirts just in time for summer. Vintage-inspired Illini t-shirts, and I can speak from experience. I got five of them. These are high-quality t-shirts. They fit great. They look great. And just in time for summer, why not rock some orange and blue and all these cool threads from fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. These guys do everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. Not only are they great at what they do, but they are great citizens of Champaign-Urbana. These guys have been active members of the community since when they got started. So I can speak from experience. I know they're good dudes because one of them, hey, he's on the show. Isaac Ambrose, you know him. RectorConstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. For life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, BrianIsMyGuy.com. He is our guy for homeowners and auto Got the great state farm prices and personalized service that made the entire process really easy for us. So go to brianismyguy.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Got to thank you, the listeners. And it's cool to see we got pretty steady listenership from after the second half pods that we did, that crazy run that we had at the end of the season. It's good to see that we grew and uh, appreciate you making us part of your Illini Sports Media rotation, of which there are a lot of options. And if you got a minute on Apple Podcasts, drop us a rating and review, even if it's a one star, if it, even if you're a hate listener and you really just don't like this thing, but you like to get pissed off listening to Carp. That's fine, too. All right. So the big news yesterday, AJ Store. This is from Derek Piper on IlaniInquire.com. The Illini landed a commitment from Rockford native and 2022 guard AJ Store, who announced Wednesday that he's 110% committed to the University of Illinois. Store is currently rated as a three-star prospect on 24-7 sports. He chose Illinois over high major offers from Ole Miss and Virginia Tech, and he also had offers from Austin P. Iona of Rick Pitino fame, Murray State, Ohio, UIC, and others. Storr was a standout performer on one of the best high school teams in the country this last season. He averaged 11 points, four rebounds, and two assists per game with the Arizona Compass Prep team, <clears throat> Ty Ty Washington, ring a bell. He's on the same team. He had strong showings at Geico Nationals last week to finish off his junior season. The six foot five, big bodied guard has a strong frame with good athleticism and a smooth outside stroke. He also has the ability to get to the rim off the bounce and finish with either hand. Alani assistant Chin Coleman has built a strong relationship with Store, and the program offered him a scholarship back in November. He told Alani Inquired that he's been thinking about committing for a while, and on Wednesday, he called head coach Brad Underwood to give him the good news. This is a quote from AJ Store. Me and Coach Chen have been talking for about a month about me committing there, and I felt today was the right day. I don't know why I just got a feeling to commit. I called Coach Underwood personally, and he said he was going to go on a run, and he was very excited about it. Way to get out there, Brad Underwood. Staying healthy. I like that. What stood out about the way that Illinois pursued him? This is another quote from AJ Store. Definitely the relationship with the coaches. It was really legit. They really want me part of their program, and I really want to be part of theirs. 
As for what he'll bring to the Illini, Storr said, definitely my scoring ability and whatever role coach gives me. I've definitely been working on my shooting the last couple of months. Been in the weight room, lifting, getting bigger, getting ready for college. Storr transferred from Kankakee High School to Bishop uh, Gorman in Las Vegas last summer. He then moved to Arizona Compass Prep in December. This is Underwood's second edition of the 2022 class. Three-star guard Reggie Bass committed to the program last month. Storr was originally a 2021 prospect who was young for his class, and he reclassed back to 2022. He could potentially return to 2021 and join the Illini next season. And AJ Storr says, quote, I still haven't decided on that yet, actually. And here's the uh, little nugget that might be of interest. The Illini have been heavily involved with Storr's high school teammate, Ty Ty Washington, a top 40 prospect in the 2021 class. Storr has a message for him now that he's on board at Illinois. Come to Illinois, buddy. Come to the hometown, Storr said. I think this is good news on a few fronts from AJ Storr committing to Illinois. Now, there's the Ty Ty Washington dynamic, which to me, this seems like a shrewd move by the coaching staff to try to entice Ty Ty Washington by bringing in a familiar face that he plays with, that he knows, that he likes. Ty Ty Washington even tweeted out yesterday in support of his teammate committing to Illinois. So that doesn't hurt. In addition to that, you're starting to see that between Reggie Bass and A.J. Storr, they are going for length and athleticism and shooting ability. And as we saw with the Baylor game, when we played them and when Baylor smoked Gonzaga, that's what you got to have. You got to have multiple guys that can create their own shot. You got to have multiple guys that have a good outside stroke. And you need size and athleticism. Now, if it were that easy, every team would go for the same guys. What you're finding from this Illini coaching staff is they seem to be identifying them early. And I have no problem with that. I I think that it shows some confidence in your evaluation ability to say, all right, you're a 2022 kid. You're a three-star, not a five-star, not even a four-star, not the most heralded recruit. Let's get them on the up. Now, that's not to say this will work out. You know, AJ Storr is not a home run recruit. Neither is Reggie Bass. But this staff has shown the ability with, let's say, an Alan Griffin to identify someone early, get him on board, and find out that they are, in fact, a pretty productive player. So I, I like where this thing's going long term. I like the template that seems to be in place. I like the fact that this staff will mix good evaluation of a three-star kid with the occasional big fish. But you got to continue to land the big fish, right? And that is where I'm not over the moon. This is where the skepticism or the concern, I guess, starts to budge in a little bit. You got the good news here, but then you also need to supplement that with a sure fire, can't miss prospect. Ty Ty Washington would be that. You didn't hurt your chances yesterday. Kansas, they bring in a, a transfer from Drake that may have shortened their rotation, meaning that maybe Ty Ty Washington doesn't look at Kansas as much anymore. Auburn looks to be another school that is in on Ty Ty Washington. Wouldn't that be great? losing him to Bruce Pearl. But you seem to be in it, and it would be nice to have the pleasant surprise that you got Ty Ty Washington for 2021, and you got some guys in 2022 that you can be excited on top of that. That's the best case scenario, in addition to getting the transfer portal going. Now, that seems to be quiet. You got Omar Payne. We talked about him last episode. Like what he brings to the table. Again, talk about size and athleticism. A guy that can play pretty damn good post defense as he did last year with Florida. Maybe doesn't fill it up offensively, but you wouldn't need him to. So I like that pickup. But there are so many guys out there and there's so many holes on this roster. I do wonder if this isn't impatience kind of coming in a little bit. I mentioned in the opening segment how 
this crazy change of mood within the last month, where we felt March 8th now to April 8th, uh, that has to be influencing my impatience. Certainly, I, I acknowledge it's there. I acknowledge that I want to know who's going to be on the roster so I can start looking forward to next year and turning the page. We were having a conversation in the text thread with me, Isaac, and Trevor. And Trevor raised a point that I've, I've thought about but was not able to verbalize quite as well as he did. You know, we don't know if DeMonte or Trent's coming back, but it doesn't appear like many of the guys from last year's roster are going to be on next year's roster. And if you were to tell me right now that next year's roster fills out and we got talent and it'll be very different, but that's okay, um, I'll take it. I'll happily accept that and say, well, let's, let's see what happens. That'll be fun, right? And there is also something to be said that, you know, we saw what this roster could get us and we saw what the likes of a Trent and DeMonte, good college basketball players as they are, we saw what they could bring to the table and we wouldn't learn that much more next year or beyond. And that maybe there is something to be said about turning the page and really beginning uh, fresh with some of these new faces. I am on board for that as long as we get some good new faces. And this is where the transfer portal is staring you in the face. It's just so inviting, right? I mean, we saw Lovey Smith. That was the well that he continued to go to to overcome the lack of high school recruiting. And I hope that doesn't become the same sort of thing for Underwood, where it's only the transfer portal or only high school recruits. It's got to be kind of a grab bag of both. But you got to start landing guys, especially if you start losing them to the transfer portal. The Adam Miller situation, we touched on that a week ago. I think it was a week ago. Was it? Yeah, it was April 1st. It was April Fool's, but it wasn't an April Fool's joke. Adam Miller transfers out. I come on here all hot and bothered and pissed off about it. I think a lot of us were. Uh, But there are guys out there. Armand Franklin being the big one, but all of a sudden, well, has that cooled off? We aren't hearing anything. And then the frustration sets in. This This is where it begins to feel a bit like the gross era, the Weber era to a, to a similar extent, you lock in, and this is, this is why following recruiting is such a futile effort. Right? It, all it does is serve to aggravate me at almost every turn. 18 to 22-year-old kids making decisions that I have no control over, and yet I somehow get you know, fired up or, or ticked off about it. But you are selling a starting shooting guard position alongside Andre Curbelo. Should it be that hard? I only say this because Indiana, they're keeping all their guys, maybe except for an Armand Franklin. But then instead of an Armand Franklin, they get this kid named Xavier Johnson, I believe from Pitt, who is an even better shooting guard. So addition by subtraction, right? They, they essentially got a better shooting guard to come in and take his place. Okay, well, that didn't seem too hard for Mike Woodson. And he's been there for a freaking week. And meanwhile, here we are as the one seed in the tournament. We're, we're going to finish in the top five of the AP poll. Even after all this, if there is a final AP poll, I don't know how they do that. Uh, but here we are, and we aren't the cool kid anymore. I, th- I thought we were the cool kid, and then all of a sudden, something happened, and now no one wants anything to do with us. It's, just, it's puzzling. It's just really, really puzzling. So that is what I'm kind of juggling back and forth. And you're probably thinking, good Lord, Carp. I mean, you, you were just riding the roller coaster. You got to chill out. There was a lot of truth to that. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I think what changed, you know, I think I'd gotten better about riding that roller coaster, as Jeremy would often joke about. 
But a lot of that was that over the course of the last decade, Illinois basketball just wasn't relevant. You know, they, they had some moments where maybe they'll make the tournament, maybe they won't, but they certainly weren't nationally relevant and they weren't anything to get all that excited about. Try as I might, there was only a certain level of excitement that I could muster up for Illinois basketball until last year and this year. So that renewed enthusiasm, it's contagious. And you felt it when you're texting your friends and, and during this entire crazy run that they had the last month of the year, feeling as if, oh my God, they can win the whole thing. These were conjuring up feelings that older Illini fans, I, I say old, I'm 34, but you know, even older than that, we felt it before. And it's the reason why we continue to follow Illinois basketball through the decade that wasn't in the 2010s, because we know what it can be, right? So to get that renewed interest and enthusiasm and only to have this like little pit in the stomach feeling like, please don't, please don't pull the rug from under me right now. <laughs> I just started enjoying this thing again. Like, don't, don't give me this little, ah, just kidding. That was a little taste of what it was like, but now you guys are going to go back to being a bubble team and all that. I don't want to do that again. I don't. Now, if we take solace in anything, if there is a worst case scenario here, we have dealt with many mediocre Illinois basketball teams in recent history, mediocre to bad. So it's not like we haven't made it through before. And it's not as if I don't think that the staff is ultimately going to balance this thing out and figure it out. Uh, but there's just more questions than I anticipated having considering where we were a month ago. And if it sounds like, good Lord, Carve, that was a month ago and things happen, you got to get over it. Uh, while that's all fair, I think that we have been, we would be disingenuous to say, listen, I think everything's going to be all right. I think we all have some level of eh, uneasiness. How about that? We all have some level of uneasiness about why this isn't coming a little bit easier after all the progress that was made in year three and four for Underwood. You got to be a little, a little bit uneasy, right? Even if you think I'm being alarmist here, a little bit uneasy. And that we need to actually see the fruits of the transfer portal and, and getting maybe a big fish in the 2021 class. We need to see those effects. Not to diminish Luke Goody. I'm excited to get him in here. Brandon Podzimski, the kid from Wisconsin. If he commits, another good commit. So you're seeing these pieces, right? But boy, oh boy, you're, you, you're losing a lot. And that's going to require, I think, a, a Herculean effort from this staff to assemble a team for 2021-22 that is going to be in the top four or five of the Big Ten, that's going to be a surefire NCAA team. They, they got work to do for it, and I just didn't think that they'd be in that position considering where we were four or five weeks ago. All right, I could belabor that point. But the thing is, when I go with these conversations about where Illinois basketball is at and, and who they're going to add, who could it be, who's the next guy, God, I could put this thing out, and then all of a sudden the news comes out that, hey, they got this dude from so-and-so college who averaged 18 points a game last year and shot 40% from three, right? That's how big the transfer portal is, and that's why some of these podcasts may be fleeting in terms of timeliness. They're only going to be as good as the next edition or the next guy that leaves the program. So we, we throw this out there, and I know Jeremy has joked often that for the Illini Inquirer podcast, they publish it, and then it's breaking news like an hour later. Damn it. I just got done hitting record. So the wait and see approach. Uh, I'm an impatient fella right now, but I'm impatient because of how much fun this last year and last two years were. And I want that fun to continue. That's all. 
All right, before we go, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast because it was a bit of a slow news week outside of AJ Store. So yesterday, there was a press conference with Brett Bielema. I'm still really high on everything going on with, with spring football and what he's done for the program because you were seeing competency on every level. You're seeing the hiring of Pat Ryan, who was a big name, Illinois high school guy. Was it Metamora, perhaps? But he was with Illinois high school football for decades. And now he is your director of Illinois high school football recruiting, something like that. You made a position, I believe, for this guy. And it's being heralded by all the people that it should be heralded by, meaning that this staff gets it. They totally get it. And I think that's such a fun place to be, an exciting place to be, knowing that our expectations aren't, hey, Brett Bielema, go to a Rose Bowl. It's, hey, man, go 7-5. and five. And I think they can raise that bar in this Big Ten West where Nebraska's God knows what. Purdue has really kind of fallen. Northwestern, I call me crazy. I know they continue to win like nine or ten games every other year. I think you can get to their level. Call me crazy. And then you got the Iowa-Minnesota-Wisconsin dynamic, and that's going to be interesting to see if P.J. Fleck can regain whatever magic he had a year ago and if uh, Paul Christ can get Wisconsin back to the 10 wins a year or is he going to be more of a 7-8 win a year guy? And then Iowa being what Iowa is. Long-winded way of saying that there is an opportunity here for Brett Bielema to accomplish what would make us happy as Illini football fans. I think we're reasonable in our expectations. And everything so far has checked that box, right? Everything so far has done that, from the recruiting to the messaging and all that. Now, yesterday, this was during a press conference, he was asked about the COVID-19 vaccine and whether or not the staff has taken those because it is available now. I mean, champagne, it's 16 plus. So if you want to get it, you can get it. They're actually having mobile vaccine units drive around town with the Johnson and Johnson, the one shot. It is all over. It is widespread. So we're lucky in the Champaign-Urbana area to really have it at our beck and call. We got a surplus of it almost already, and it's only April 8th. It's remarkable. So he was asked about the coaching staff, and he said, Several coaches on staff took it. Others didn't. It's just a personal choice. Approaching it the same way with players and providing them with as much information as possible, relying on medical people for that. Okay. I have heard worse responses about the vaccine. And by the way, if you're an anti-vaxxer, if this ain't your bag, this is maybe where you want to switch. But I think we'll have a reasonable conversation about it. <laughs> um. I've heard worse responses. He cannot force his coaches to take it. And I can't force you or anybody else to take it. That is true. The government can't. And here's the thing. The government won't. There's no way to legislate that. There's not. There's been conversation about vaccine passports, the legality of it. I understand a bit of the slippery slope argument, the idea that you'd ever have to present a medical card to say, I got this shot or that. I, I get some of the skepticism with things like that. But what I don't understand is the vaccine hesitancy when this thing was properly vetted, when it went through all the right channels that it needed to, like any other vaccine, and it is the closest thing to a cure that will end this thing. The mRNA vaccine, right, this new technology, from what I understand about it, it basically gives you and your immune system the ability to fight off COVID-19 if you came in contact with it. But it doesn't change your DNA, and it's not going to give your, give your kid autism, or whatever the Jenny McCarthy anti-vax thing, uh, however long ago that started. Um, 
No, this is something that eventually leaves your body and fairly quickly. It just gives you the code that you need to fight this thing. And did I feel like crap after my second one? Yeah, for 12 hours, I felt like crap because the immune system was churning and I've been fine ever since. And now I got 95% protection. I'll take that for once in a hundred years pandemic. That's pretty good. But there's this hesitancy out there. And while I would give it more credence if I felt like this hesitancy came from a place of, you know, reading articles that said, hey, be careful of this or that, or or reading, you know, peer-reviewed studies that said, oh, the vaccine may not be safe if you have this, this, or this condition. No, the skepticism for me about vaccine hesitancy is the fact that a lot of these people hesitant to take it are essentially anti-vaxxers that are using euphemistic language like personal choice. That was something that Bielema said yesterday in reference to whatever coaches on the staff weren't taking it. It's a personal choice. While that's true, if we want to get into semantics, that is true. This is a public health crisis. And my frustration is continuing to hear the chorus of personal choice when the public health crisis could be done and done quickly if more people got the vaccine. For selfish reasons, Can I be honest? I'm being selfish right now in what I'm about to say. I want to go to concerts again. I want to be at Memorial Stadium in August, late August, for that Illinois-Nebraska game and not have to worry about capacity restrictions or anything like that. This is our ticket out of it. And we have fully healthy adults that maybe they wouldn't get seriously ill from COVID-19. I probably wouldn't have. But the longer we allow a big portion of our population to go unvaccinated or be susceptible to this, the longer this thing drags out. Listen, this summer, or soon enough, even before this summer, I'll be able to hang with family and friends without really thinking about it. Most everyone I know, they got the vaccine. Okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. You just got it done. And maybe there's a little bit of unpleasant fatigue or something for a very brief period. It's a small price to pay for essentially a ticket to operate freely And go do the things that you want to do. But there are still certain things that we all want to do that will be contingent on getting the case numbers down and all that garbage. And yeah, am I frustrated? Am I fatigued with COVID-19? Of course. I'm done. I'm ready to do things. But now I see, basically in the world of sports more than anything, we see David Ross said something like that. He doesn't think that the Cubs will get to the 85% mark for vaccines. And then he mentioned the personal choice thing as well. And we're going to educate our guys. Just like Bielma said, we're going to rely on the medical professionals. The medical professionals are telling you this thing is safe. Now, if you are one of those people that doesn't trust the health industry, which has its own issues, I don't deny that. It's a health industry that is much more based on treating ailments instead of preventing them. America could do far better in terms of being a healthy country. I'm not going to challenge that. But for this specific situation during a pandemic, when the people that studied this thing and the people administering it are telling you it is safe, for presumably the 30 to 50-year-old males on this Illinois football staff that for personal choice reasons aren't taking it, give me a break. Give me a break. That's not coming from a place of, well, I read up uh, these articles from Dr. Schmo Schmo and whatever. Dr. Schmo Schmo? What the hell? That's the worst name ever. Uh, No, this is coming from a place that, if we're really being honest with ourselves, is probably political, and it is coming from this decades-old anti-vaccination stuff that started with, you know, 
crazed housewives like Jenny freaking McCarthy who blames vaccines on her kid getting autism when there is zero evidence to support that. You know, it's funny. I tell my sixth grade kids as we do these different essays, you got to have evidence. You got to back it up with evidence. I tell them that at sixth grade. And certainly in this era, you could go online and probably find evidence for whatever argument you want to make. So I understand why people can be sucked into this hole of misinformation. And then what that feeds into is this hesitancy that we have right now with a perfectly good, and more than a perfectly good, this is one of the best vaccines to ever come out. You don't get this kind of efficacy for most anything else. It is damn near a cure. And yet, people won't take it because of this, that, or the other. Come on. Um, It's frustrating because I'm antsy. I'm impatient. I want to get back to the things I want to do. And then you see in the sports realm, you know, I, I can't, spe- I don't want to paint with a broad brush, right? But I will say that I was not shocked to see Bielema say that football coaches, some of them were like, I'm not taking it. Personal choice. David Ross saying, well, we aren't going to get to 85% personal choice. We're going to educate them. What education that needs to happen for this? Now, I understand there needs to be some persuasiveness. You know, you can't just tell someone they're an idiot if they don't take the vaccine. I won't go as so far as to say that. Well, (laughs) it's tough. You know, Um, I don't think there's any benefit. Let me say this. I don't think there's any benefit in calling someone an idiot if they don't want to get the vaccine. Okay. I don't think there's much benefit in doing that. Would I like to say it? Sure, I would. Uh, Just as today, Rage Against the Machine, we're postponing our concerts until next summer. Now, not a surprise. And that may have been the case anyways, but it does feel as if this thing were right on the edge. And I think, I think when we got to this point and we were months removed, like a couple months removed from normalcy, that the last bit of it would be one of the more frustrating times because it's so close we can taste it. Maybe that's what's going on here. It is so close. I can taste it. You can. Summer's coming. Normalcy is right there. And yet we continue to have a bunch of cases. I I was talking to my friends about this. What the hell are people doing for this many cases to still be popping up? What are people doing? Easy for me to say that I was fortunate enough to do some remote teaching for as long as I did and that I was careful for a year. But is it that difficult to not get this virus now that we know how this thing works? Is it really that difficult? And, and the skeptic or the sin, not, not skeptic, the cynic in me wonders how the hell we continue to just kind of stagnate at a pretty high number of cases each and every freaking day. What are people doing? Are you morons? Like, I, what, what the hell? Some people can't help it. You know, they're on the front line. They're working at certain places and they're going to get it. That's fine. But that doesn't account for the relatively high number of cases, despite all the people that have already gotten vaccinated. What the hell are we doing? And the answer to that, just like, just like me, a lot of people are sick of it. But the thing is, people are so sick of it and they're so antsy. They're just saying, screw it. I'm going to go out and do this. I'm going to go do that. I had a friend that theorized that when the vaccine came out, there'd be enough people that would be acting normally despite the fact that there is still a few months that you got to wait until enough people get it. And that's probably what's happening right now. Vaccines are out. We're good. Let's go. Even if they don't have the vaccine themselves. Now, that was a long-winded, not-so-sportsy spiel about it. But 
as someone that wants to be Memorial Stadium in late August, and I presume we will be late summer. I mean, it seems like we'll probably get into June and all of a sudden we're going to wake up like, wow, this thing's done if enough people get the vaccine. So here we got coaches on the staff that probably want a full house, right? I think you'd be able to get about 50,000 people in there for the opener against Nebraska. I bet you could. Maybe even get game day to come to town because there's no other big games in week zero of college football. And you get some of these guys like, eh, personal choice, I don't want to get the thing. I don't know why they talk like that. I shouldn't do accents. <laughs> these coaches saying, uh, personal choice, I don't want to get it. <laughs> don't give me education process. Don't give me personal choice. Just admit that your hesitancy is coming from a place of hmm, unfounded skepticism. How's that? Unfounded skepticism. If this is going to piss some people off, I'm sorry. I am, but I'm not. Um, If this makes me sound like a sheep because I willingly took a vaccine that was properly vetted, that got the emergency use authorization, that is going to protect me and my family. If I'm a sheep for that, then so be it. If that's the kind of political realm that you're in, good on you. But at the end of the day, it's really simple for me. I want to be able to hang out with the people I care about. I want to be able to see friends that I haven't seen in a while. And I want to be able to do so without thinking about the stupid COVID-19 pandemic. And we got a golden ticket from science. And now we're getting some of the same people that were bitching and moaning about, I can't do this and I can't do that, but I'm not going to take the vaccine. Take the vaccine in the thing. It's not that complicated and it is safe and it's effective. And then you can go off and do, but you see, they were doing the things they wanted to anyway. (laughs) <laughs> it's oh my god if you think about it too much it'll drive you nuts right i have i have really kind of chilled out over the last couple of months for a variety of reasons um you know personally with the family situation health situation getting resolved that was a big load off not gonna lie the election was a big load off getting back into school and actually teaching the kids and, and getting that normalcy again all of those things have been steps back to a good kind of normalcy where not everything is so tense. And I don't want to add fuel to that fire, but I had to get some genuine frustration off my chest there. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we're right there, everybody. We're getting, It's going to be an amazing summer. Just help out a little bit. Get the shots. God, I'm not, you aren't a sheep if you get it. The government's not trying to control you. Give me a break. All right, well, hey, well, that wasn't very sportsy. Sometimes we veer like that, but that's just how it goes. I uh, just thought it was an interesting comment. And by the way, can I close on this? People were misconstruing this yesterday on Twitter as me attacking Brett Bielema. Okay, you know I'm a Brett Bielema fan. I'm not attacking him. I think there are parts of that answer that are unfortunate. But it also wouldn't surprise me if that was as diplomatic of a way that he could say that. Like he might be thinking to himself, oh my God. Coach so-and-so, just get the stupid shot. But he can't say that to the public. And he answered a question honestly about his coaching staff. So I, this is not some indictment on Brett Bielema. And it's not some indictment on David Ross. But in a broader scope, it is this weird thing with sports. And it's a weird thing with males. Like adult males are the most hesitant to take this stuff. And I don't get that. It just... Get get the shot. Good Lord. Okay. Uh, we could spend hours on that, but, <laughs> but what's the point? Um, thank you for divulging me. And, and this is what we do, right? Sometimes we go left, we go right. I mean, 
there wasn't a lot of sportsy kind of stuff this week. So that, that was something that, that struck me. Um, hopefully, by the time we come back next week, we can talk about an addition on this Illini basketball roster. I would like to do so. And, um, yeah, I would like to start thinking about what this roster is going to look like. We do have a spring football game a week from Monday. Now, we are not going to do... Hey, you know what we could do? What if we did a second-half pod for that? It's on Big Ten Network. That's what I'll do. I will talk to Trevor and Isaac about that. And also, the next episodes are 200, 200th episode of the 200 level. And I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. I think I'll just come on and, and do a pod. Um, you know, I was hoping, of course, that it would align with a big Illini basketball thing. And our frequency of shows would have been four or five a week if they would have continued rolling through the NCAA tournament. Of course they didn't. So that kind of put a kibosh on the 200th episode extravaganza. We'll just come back and hopefully have some things to talk about, but uh, appreciate you as always tuning in to the pod. And uh, Hey, if you could do us a favor, let people know about this Illini podcast, uh, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, whatever you may do. Word of mouth is always big and we've grown our audience quite a bit, but if you get the word out there for us as well, we'll keep growing this and then, Hell, by the time football starts, we will have quite the crew. We already got quite the crew. So I appreciate you guys tuning in and making us part of your podcast rotation. Uh, two Under Level brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So just go online to dpdoe.com, put in your address, stay home, let them bring a piping hot calzone to your doorstep dpdo.com. Got to thank 4th and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order. Summer's coming, so get some new t-shirts from fourthandkirby.com. Got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. No coupon code needed. You get great State Farm prices and personalized service from Brian and his staff, brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com. Dot com Everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. That's rectorconstruction.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. We'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, this is Decadence out of your head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon. It is the 200 level. Please.